It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. But when we are apart, I'm feeling blue. Two? Two? I thought it was two. And when we Why were apart, we feel I feel it too. Because, oh, yeah. I feel it too. Right. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. But when we are apart, I feel it too. I don't like it. Feel it too. <laughs> I don't like All it. Right. <laughs> I don't like it. And no matter what I do, I feel the pain with or without you. Let me not get into the whole thing. Baby, I don't understand why can't be lovers. Things are getting out of end. You can't win. Let it go. You think the people sing along with me right now? <laughs> if you want me now, let me know. Let us smoke on some weed. I can't take it anymore. It's waking fake would be more time on two. It's eight-ish in the morning just for you. And no matter what you do, you feel the pain without be more babe. Woo! All right, sweetheart, let's start the show. <laughs> I didn't book it enough. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Who Wake and Bake Will You Be Mo? Yeah, I'm your host, BMO, your cultural analyst. Make sure we're saying good morning to the LED lights to my very colorful face. Make sure we're saying good morning to the table that is our backspace, the heartbeat of my life, the lady of the house. Good morning. Good morning, sir. That's it. <laughs> you gotta. You, you can't just look at me. I mean, the people can't see you grin. Oh, I didn't even set up the little camera. This is okay. My bad. Uh, the people can't. Make sure the people are saying good morning to the lady of the house. It is a mandatory situation. We have a wonderful show set up for you today. But first, we want to shout out the Washington and former bridge, wibridgedc.com. Thank you to the Washington and former bridge for supporting the show. Uh, we have some great things and great partnership activations with the Washington Informer Bridge coming up soon. Make sure you follow them at WI Bridge DC on all social media platforms so you can stay up to uh, up to date on all the newest black news and non-black news. They got some cultural phenomenons and some DC happenings. I just found out today that you can go to WIBridgeDC.com and order past issues of the bridge. Only five bucks, sweetheart. Nice. Yeah. We might have to get a little catalog going on here because I done, I done been in the bridge a few times, the not physical? even a couple times. Yeah, the physicals. Oh, nice. Yeah, we can get them mailed to the house. 
Very excited about that. Uh, and before we get started with today's show, I want to want to announce something, sweetheart. Okay. We've been talking. This has been a month since we come back. We are eight shows in. This is the ninth show, supposedly. Um, and we have been talking about this new blue, the new blueprint newsletter, right? This is the opportunity for you to read about the things you're actually talking about on the show. We do a little more fact checking. We have a little more fun with the word and the language of the new blueprint newsletter. We definitely want you to subscribe to that, but we have something very interesting here. We talked about this on the first week of the show. We talked about how insights give us insecurity, how there are times when I get on the social media and I look at my people who've been watching my story or who've been liking my posts or who's watched whatever reel that I've put up, uh, it's always very low numbers, very low numbers, like 35 people watching a story a day. But then I'll get like 12 to 15 phone calls about that particular subject that we put on the, on the story. So all that to say that the purpose of this show, the purpose of the new blues, new blueprint newsletter is to really activate some of these ideas in real life. So with that being said, the first parlor is coming up on Juneteenth weekend. This Sunday, June 18th, we will have the first of many parlors that will be happening as part of the new blueprint uh, newsletter. And then hopefully the new black brain trust. You can put it up. The new black brain trust. So if you are listening now, if you consider yourself to be a thinker, a prognosticator, uh, uh, a disruptor, uh, uh, a conservative, uh, uh, a descendant of some intellectual and in, in pop culture. This is for you. We want you to put that gumption to work. I'm tired of seeing your siloed tweets. I'm tired of seeing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're preaching on Instagram stories to the 45 people that's in your insights. It's time that we actually make this thing for real. So come on out Sunday, June 18th, 2 to 5 at uh, the small wooden box. You can come to the first ever new blueprint parlor. It will be the first. We're going to use Juneteenth to establish some new traditions. And hey, who knows, you might get a job. This is that kind of situation. You might get paid for pulling up. So pull up and let's, uh, and, and I hope to see you there. In the meantime, in between time, make sure you subscribe to the new blueprint newsletter at bmobrown.substack.com related house already put up the lower third. Let's get started with the show. We have some amazing things that we wanna talk about this morning. Three things in particular, like we usually do. Uh, today we'll also at intermission, we'll do the world premiere. 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 Oh, I'm doing the echo. Oh, I swear, yeah, you got to keep echoing. Okay. <laughs> the world premiere. 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 Of the Michael Robinson Tone J video. We've been teasing it for the last four weeks, but today we actually have results. Some things we want to talk about this morning, though. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about Amber Rose. Okay. Season four of Wake and Bake with BMO has been an analysis of whiteness because I think. I think the sneaky thing we gonna do is we gonna disprove whiteness, and then by disproving whiteness, we gonna disprove race altogether. So in season four, we've been really attacking whiteness. That means we gotta talk about Amber Rose. We gotta talk about Amber Rose, one of the descendants of Walter White. <laughs> also today, we wanna talk about, what's the other thing? Oh, 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 also today, we've been putting it off for the last three weeks. Today, we wanna give you the solution to the death of Afrofuturism, but first, we want to talk about something. Um, how do I say this, sweetheart? That's pissed me off. <laughs> we want to talk about something in the A block that has pissed me off. In the time that we were gone, what I thought would have been revolutionary action has actually been reversed. 
and I need to figure out in real time what we supposed to do with these colored folks. Play the clip, sweetheart. Are we gonna start with that? Yeah, we're gonna start with Bruce's Beach. <laughs> the family of Bruce's Beach, they, when they got it back from the city of LA, they have now decided to sell it back to LA for $20 million. Now the original agreement when they gave it to them, they said that they can lease it to the county for 24 months, um, pay a $413,000 uh, money in rent, or sell it back uh, to them for $20 million. So they're going to exercise selling it back for $20 million. Now we know good and well that land is worth $100 million. Many people are upset about this, saying why do you go through all this court fighting just to sell it right back? You know, you're not leaving generational wealth for black people. That's definitely something that we could definitely talk about for a long time. But at the end, unfortunately, they sold it back to the county. They're going to have $20 million. Hopefully they can do something with that $20 million and grow that. I hope this doesn't become the norm. When we get something back, we send it right back to them. That's why a lot of people be talking about the situation sometimes even with reparations, is that sometimes we'll get and give it right back to them. Sweetheart. Hmm. <laughs> on this show, we have actually done two segments on Bruce's Beach. Yeah. The first segment, after watching John Oliver, we detailed the disrespect of the original story of Bruce's Beach. There's a black man who owned this portions of the beach in the LA County, basically took it from him because they said black man can't own property. We did a second segment on the show that said that the family reclaimed the property. Mm -hmm. In our time off, you know what these niggas, excuse me. Mm -hmm. In our time off, you know what the, what the Bruce family did? They sold the beach back to LA County. Oh, you oh. have, have one job. Like <laughs> on the show, we talked about how Bruce's Beach, how their vigilance could be the blueprint for how we reclaim the things that were taken from us during World War One, during Jim Crow, during the Niagara Movement, during Reconstruction, during the Civil Rights Movement. All these properties and things that that we could reclaim. And these niggas sold the beach back to L.A. That, that's an old blueprint, though. Why? We know why. We do know why, which is what you're gonna talk about. So I was, um, I was looking into Bruce's Beach, trying to figure out some answers, and you know I'm upset when I start organizing things in front of me. Um, I was looking at Bruce's Beach, and I was trying to figure out why the family decided to make the decision that they made the moment that I heard the one of the Bruce descendants speak, this is unfair, because I didn't put him in the thing. But the moment that I heard him speak, I heard that Jack and Jill tone, and I was like, oh, mm. oh, I know what this is. These niggas want money. Mm -hmm. So when LA, LA County returned Bruce's Beach back to the Bruce family, uh, they gave them a couple of options. They said, we can, you can sell it back to us for $20 million or we'll lease it for $419,000 per month for the next 24 months. Those were the two options. Now, because Bruce's Beach, I think is public property and I think considered historical property, Lady House is doing the math. Because it is public property and historical property, somebody definitely fact check me on this. I believe there is limited development that these black folks could do on the land. So they chose 
to take the $20 million cash out instead of the 24 month lease from LA County. Lady House is about to tell us what that 24 month lease would have been at $419,000 a month. Go ahead. $10 million and $56,000. So they would have covered $10 million in two years right? rather than selling their daddy beach or their granddaddy beach or whoever daddy beach it was mm -hmm. for $20 million lifetime. One time, right. And that's it. So then the obvious question is, sweetheart, if, if L.A. County was using Bruce's Beach as a asset of discrimination and marginalization, a way to keep certain people out of the beach, whether it be through development, whether it be through neighborhood access, whether it be through mortgage availability, whether it be through home loans, whether it be through general redlining and redistricting, gerrymandering, whatever L.A. County was doing to make sure that Bruce's Beach was the most profitable uh, uh, profitable property that it could be. My question to you, sweetheart, is if I'm the if I'm the Bruce family and I've witnessed this since 1938, why would I sell it back to those same individuals? Right. Damn the money. <laughs> I'm not even worried about the money. Can I come back to the beach? Okay. <laughs> right. If I'm Bruce's grandson, can I come back to the beach? That's crazy. You think, here's another question. Do you think that $20 million will allow them to buy property back on Bruce's Beach? No. All right. That's that's my thing. Like, <laughs> Go off, sweetheart. I know you got some cars. Go, the lady of the house is actually really upset. Go off. Yeah, because, okay, you get $20 million, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're probably going to want to invest that in more property or whatever, a business. Who, who knows? That's not going to get you anywhere because <laughs> you just had that $20 million. You have no cash flow from the land that was Bruce's Beach. Mm -hmm. So now you're just you're having to basically pay more for new land or whatever you decide to do with the money and have no... Yeah. You gonna sell your daddy beach right. to get money to go buy to property go buy some, somewhere else. Right. Instead of making a retreat or some type of tourism attraction, mm -hmm. like... <laughs> I wonder, sweetheart, do you think the Bruce family was insecure about the amount of money they could have made from the beach? Definitely. Okay, let me ask you a more challenging question because I agree with you. And I don't know if there's too much more we can go there. Is this reparations? Them selling it back? Yeah. Hmm. I was, um, in preparing for this conversation this morning, I was reading and watching videos on, the, on two sides of the argument in which, honestly, there's a lot less conversations about Bruce's Beach than, I'm, than, I, than I like, right? I had to really search hard. I was looking for some of my favorite YouTube intellectual people and some of my favorite academics to be talking about Bruce's Beach. And it was very quiet. And I think it's because like, uh, because niggas was proud at part two, yeah. we reclaimed the beach. Yeah. I think a lot of academics and a lot of intelligent content creators have a hard time being wrong. So they don't want to go back and be like, oh yeah, Bruce's Beach was a mistake. But I can say that. I can say I celebrated Bruce's Beach maybe I celebrated Bruce's Beach appropriately, and now I'm thinking about the conversation of does this is this individual who got twenty million dollars for selling their for selling their daddy beach is that reparations? Is that twenty million dollars repairing of the original sin, which is taking my daddy's land away? Because the potential of making more money, the potential of having another ink well, the potential of having another black town or another black uh, vacation area or all black space in LA, those potentials is that 
is that a selfish thing that the black community wanted from the Bruce family? Should we allow them, allow is a bad word, should we celebrate their individual success by that one family making $20 million off this deal? Or, or did they sell grandma house and we should all be upset about it? I feel like it's the latter because like while it should be celebrated that, you know, they, they were even able to get their land back and sell it. It's just like, what do we have? You know what I mean? <laughs> if we, if we don't take well, pride in ownership, what? we don't have nothing, but yeah. we never had Bruce's beach though. True. That's true. The Bruce family had Bruce's that's beach. True. And I mean, I'm, I'm asking this question. I'm, I'm challenging myself. I'm also challenging myself. If, if we're tearing down respectability politics because one individual does not represent the entire race. Yeah. If we apply that same math to reparations, should we be excited that one individual is is winning but also not representing the race? <laughs> Damn, yeah, you just made me think about the fact that it's <laughs> <laughs> such an evil question. Uh -huh. What you about to say, sweetheart? I completely forgot. <laughs> Am I cackling through you off? Um. Yeah. If if one of the fights that we're fighting, and I feel like this might be a theme for the episode, is that we are not a monolith. Blackness is not a monolith. We are not monolithic. We are not one experience. Yeah. If that is true, then according to that math, we should also be proud that maybe mm, 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 let me let me let me let me dissect that uh we should also be proud in the fact that the bruce family fought for their daddy beach got their daddy beach and was able to profit from their daddy's beach the thing that i think would make even the monolith or non-monolith upset is like damn bro you sold it back to the people who stole it from you exactly <laughs> that's the part where i'm like you couldn't find no developer bro and the, <laughs> that that in itself makes me feel like they didn't get it for as much as they could have. If they sold it back no. to the people who stole it from them. No. Right. No, I believe, and somebody definitely, I have to do some, uh, uh, um, some fact checking, but I believe in the declaration, in the contract in giving back, LA County giving back Bruce's Beach to the family of Bruce, they put in there the two options that they could have to immediately monetize the situation, which yeah. would be mortgage through LA County or mm -hmm. sell to LA County. And they put the prices in the agreement. Yeah. So they went for the sticker price. Yeah. And also, if, if they were willing to lease it for $10 million for two years, yeah, it's definitely right. <laughs> that's that's really why I'm disappointed because like, okay, yeah, you, you want to sell it, sure, but like, at least get it for, I don't know. 40, 50. 50, you're right. 100. <laughs> right. Or at least, you know what I'm saying, or y'all right. can lease it for 10 years at the same price. <laughs> right, man. right. If the guarantee, I don't oh, know, no. man. I don't know. I don't know. We got in the comments. Who in the house? Good morning to the people. Who in the house? Let's see. Uh, Micah. Hey, Micah. Hey, good morning. Micah. We got some got something going on pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> Lennox Rose. Lennox Rose. Good jo morning. Jossie Cunningham. Jossie. Pastor Positive. What's up, brother? Uh, T. Zulu. You said T. Zulu? Yeah. What's up? Kayla. Kayla! <laughs> we were just arguing in the DMs about the word clean. We'll get to that another day, okay. though. Marco the brand. Mm, what's up, Marco? Creative District DC. Okay, Creative District. 80 shots. 80. Ocho, uh, uh, how you say 80 in Spanish? Ochenta. Yeah, Ochenta. I got your magazine over here. When is the second issue coming out? 
I know y'all saying the same thing about the Dirty Magazine. <laughs> when is the next issue coming out? Damn it! <laughs> and snapshot, click camera. We got any comments? Nope. We got no comments. Nope. The people got nothing to say about Bruce's beat. Oh, uh, now Lisa. I Bruce's demand beat. the people comment about Bruce's beat. Is that how you engage? Is that how you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> draw engagement? Demand. I demand. I demand. Natalie <laughs> says it's early on YouTube. What do you mean? It's too. It's early to celebrate the Bruce family. I don't know, man. I, I can't call it, man. <laughs> it's the same question of what are we supposed to do with niggas who's getting money? Right. Like, what are we supposed to do about these billionaires knowing that capitalism siphons the resources off of us? Is it their responsibility to take care of the race? Yes. <laughs> so then, so then the same applies for the Bruce family. Damn. <laughs> we got to rethink respectability politics. No, we don't. It's two different things. It's two different things. Because one is for respectability politics, us trying to divorce the single image of blackness away from individuals that represent the entire race is way different the individuals who have the resources to reach back and help blackness out. It's two different things. Yeah. Two different things. I'm only arguing with myself because I brought it up. There's <laughs> <laughs> two different things, man. Uh, Marissa says, good morning, lady of the house from BMO. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I know the people, I know they better be saying good morning to the lady of the house. Yeah, Micah said You might not morning, have no comments, but you better say good morning <laughs> to the lady of the house. <laughs> Micah said, good morning. And yeah, that sale was an act of freedom, man. Main like Terrence Howard. Like Terrence Howard, yeah. man. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. What's the hmm? I'm just hmm. I heard the black man say in this video right here. I think that's Diaspora News Network. He said that uh we'll see what they do with that twenty million dollars. Right. But I can tell you from that tone of that Jack and Jill man voice, man, we ain't black is not about to see a dollar that twenty million dollars, <laughs> man. We be lucky if they go to a black dry cleaners. <laughs> anyway, y'all. Uh, I don't holler. Mm. We got something really cool coming up this afternoon. Right now, this afternoon. Mm. Oh my God, what am I talking about? We got something really cool happening right now. Lady of the house. Mm -hmm. It's time. We've been teasing it on the show for the last four weeks. My good man, great friend of mine, great, great friend. Michael Robinson has released another song. The name of the song is Tone Che. It is brilliant per usual. Mm -hmm beautiful blend of harmony and melody at the same time. And he's also on the track with his wife, mm -hmm. Tashira, which I have said several times. There are like four people who when they sing to the Lord, mm -hmm. I actually believe they, the Lord is listening and that the Lord is real. Tashira is one of them. Tashira, <laughs> Chance the Rapper, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Rance Allen, who's the other dude? Oh man, I forgot the other dude. I can't remember but Tashira is one of those people mm -hmm. uh, they have a new song right now Tone Che I hope y'all have been streaming it but today I want to debut it's not a world debut it's a show debut it's the, it's the BMO show debut I want to debut their music video should I talk about it now or should I talk about it after the video We'll talk about, about after the video. Oh. I talk about after the video. We gonna what you say now? You said now. Okay. We'll talk about it now. We have uh, Micah, of course. Mm -hmm. Story by Micah. We have backing by an individual named Baki Thomas, who I hope to get to know pretty soon. And we also have illustrations and animations by the indomitable, mm -hmm. the undefeated Lydia Corbett. Oh, hey, Lil. Uh, if I if I had the capacity to show you my poster wall. 
I could show you all the ways that Lydia has saved my life, okay? She has been able to provide me expert marketing uh, uh, assets, so make sure y'all go over to Oh Hey Lil. We have a animated music video uh, that is, took two months to do. I was doing creative production on the project. That's my only hand liaison between the artist and the artist to make sure we have the best product possible. So without further ado, without me talking any further, okay, this is a continuation of the Chocolate City Renaissance. This is a continuation of how art lives and is in color. All right, you may think music is dead because streaming services. You may think that art, art is dead because of social media. I got news for you. We still brilliant out here. Lay that house, cue it up. Make sure check out Tone J on all streaming platforms. The video is available on YouTube right now at Michael Robinson's uh, uh, YouTube page. Make sure y'all check it out. Tone J is one word. I'm ready. Sweetheart, you ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Play the video. Let's go. HD. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Wake and Bake with BMO. We did it, sweetheart. That is, if I'm not mistaken, um, ETD Technicolor. What's ETD? ETD is emotionally transmitted disease. That's Michael's oh, yeah, first yeah. video where he's transforming into an old man. Yeah. Technicolor uh, Girlfriend Tonight. And 
Now Tonche. I think that's four music videos now, right? Four creative production credits on four music videos. Am I Hype Williams? Mm. Huh? <laughs> Am I Spike Lee yet? Huh? No, I want to know, actually, before we get going forward, the people who are actually staying and watch the video, I want to know your thoughts. What do you think about the video? What do you think about our creative execution? Uh, uh, is there anything from the video that, that, that draws to you, that pulls you, that you like, that you enjoy? Uh, if you did enjoy it, maybe smash the like button now, maybe follow, maybe hit the subscribe, maybe hire me for another project, you know what I'm saying? I'm very proud of the work that we came out. Let me tell you something about creative production. Let me tell you something about um, artists. Whew. <laughs> That's it. Oh, we got any comments? <laughs> Whew. We got, we got a comment from Truck. Big dog lady to the house. What's up, Truck? Good morning. Hey, truck, good morning. Yeah, 80 Shots said, I'm sure you can relate, but after all the hard work in the first issue, you'd be like, Ed, do I have the energy for that at the moment? Hello, but it's coming. And then he said, very, very creative. I was locked in from the beginning. Oh, yeah? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Great, great. The people on YouTube, did y'all enjoy it? Y'all figured it? Y'all like that? Y'all saw the whole screen? I hope you did. I try to finish rolling this blunt so we can continue the show. I was watching the video. I was so enthralled. I didn't get to finish rolling. <laughs> what do you think, Lady of the House? What are your thoughts? I know you've seen iteration from iteration. You've heard me cussing and fussing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's nice to see it in its full form. Um, yeah, I, I too was enthralled. <laughs> um, I'm also impressed because I understand like the mechanisms of how it works and how yeah. it's created. So yeah, there was a lot, of, a lot of work that went into it and it's great to see it finally come to fruition. Yeah. A note on accessibility for a second. Yeah. So the animated characters that you saw, and I hope I'm not giving away too much. But the animated characters that you saw is a technology that has been made accessible to us regular people. Yeah. It is motion capture animation, mm -hmm. in which I'm pretty sure you're aware of it if you have like your own, what's that thing? Memoji on Apple, like yeah, the thing yeah. that talks for you. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you're aware that there's animated characters who can look at your face and then mimic your actions. Mm -hmm. But now they can do it on such a comic on complicated level that like I think Intergalactic was made. That's the movie with uh, uh, Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the animator joint. I believe that's also made with the same technology, where it's motion captured animation, where you have an artist basically create uh, animated puppet that will act in the way that you are. Yeah. And so Lydia has in so in the way that new technology works, there are a lot of things and bugs that need to be worked out. I believe that this technology maybe came out like four or five months ago. Really? And so there are, yeah. So like, if Micah had had this idea two years ago, we would be having a different animation process. And yeah. then e editing that animation process would have taken forever. Because then mm -hmm. we're talking frame by frame. We're talking about individual illustrations that need to be adjusted, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But the technology has progressed in a way that now we can do that. <clears throat> so it's so amazing that this same technology that you saw on Netflix is now in a music video. You're welcome. <laughs> what happened? 80 Shot said after the years, just really just realizing L O T H was Lady of the House in yeah. the baseball. <laughs> Lost. <laughs> and Natalie said beautiful video. Oh, so, thank you, Natalie. Yeah. I appreciate appreciate Mike. Appreciate the the agency behind. Appreciate the creativity. I know. Um 
I know and being a creator myself, taking something from nothing, taking something that came to you in a dream or in a vision and actually putting that into real life mm -hmm. and then negotiating with the reality of the situation versus the dream of the situation. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's, hard. Your, it's your baby. Like, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, it is. And it's hard to give up, not creative control, but like, it's hard to uh, accept creative input from something that you hold so personal. Right. But the way that both parties were able to do so, that to me is the beauty of creativity. That is the magic of creativity is that how do we get these two individuals? Because language is a motherfucker, man. Yeah. Let me tell you something. What a light ass we are. I don't know. It was right in front of me. <laughs> Damn. Language is a motherfucker, man. Yeah. One party says, hey, I want my head to float around. Mm -hmm. The other party puts your head on a balloon. It's kind of like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Language is a bitch. So I appreciate all the parties involved. I'm so appreciative and proud of Micah and this and this music video and how it came about and proud of, of Lydia and the, and the ways that we were able to actually get this done, especially throughout. I'm saying it's been a lot of shit going on. You know what I mean? Not to put all our business out there, but you know, people have died, car accidents, fucking new technology crashing things on you. So it's, a, it's you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of patience and a lot of endurance that it takes to get things done. And I'm very excited. Again, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I do have a creative production credit, but I'd like to take a very minimal role, okay? Very minimal role, all right? Although, am I hype Williams yet, though? Like, for real. <laughs> What's it gonna take, sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna motherfucking take, man? Damn! Sometimes I just get frustrated. That's all right. Sweetheart, we got a blunt for sale. Um, 80 Shot says, how did you get to the point where you knew it was completed and ready to release to the world? And then Yash said, morning, be money, money, with some sunflowers. What's up, y'all? Hey, Good morning, man. Did he, did he get the video? He must have missed the video. Uh, I, I think he missed it, yeah. Guys, like, you, got, you got to see your, your video cousin? <laughs> right <laughs> right we just released a new new music video with michael robinson the tone chain video make sure y'all check that out um the question from 80 shots is how do i know when it how did i know when it's done yeah when the client told me it was done how'd you know how'd you get to the point where you knew it was completed and ready to release to the world uh when the client told me okay that's why i'm saying 80 shots is so there are there are times when you are the uh, the final button pusher, we're like, okay, this is good enough. Yeah. And there are times where you're leaning on somebody else to do that. Mm -hmm. I think the question that you're asking would be better suited for an answer from Micah. Yeah. Uh, rather than us. Um, but to answer the energy of your question, um, I was satisfied. I was satisfied with the video after the first draft. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a trick that you have to play on yourself as a producer because you can be so proud of execution that you forgot to check for quality or coherence mm -hmm. or mistakes. Yeah. So as soon as I saw the first one, I was like, oh, I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. Now, how can we make this a better expression of what my client wants and the artistic theory and creativity and experience that's coming from the executor of the video. So I was I was done a month ago. Yeah. Now it's about communicating what my client wants, the particulars and the, and, the, and the specifics and the contract details and whatever communications and whatever flower petal needs to be what and how the brown fire works ain't brown enough. Like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's working on the details. So to answer your question, I've been satisfied. But that's just a trick I play on myself to to, to get over the fact that the thing has happened. Because yeah. you got to get over it fast or mm -hmm. you're going to forget something. Right. And even yesterday, as the video was released, 
Um, we released the wrong one. We released <laughs> the draft that was sent to me yeah. rather than the full 1080 version that was supposed to be uploaded onto the situation. Yeah. Again, even in that moment, so proud of execution mm -hmm. that I look on the Instagram, I'm like, wait a minute, it's not... Let's look a little bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Any other questions before we, uh, before we move on? Any uh, other comments? That's all from the people. What about you, sweetheart? Uh, I already shared my thoughts. Okay, for sure. <laughs> it's blunt time. Yeah. Uh, while I'm lighting the blunt, sweetheart, I think I have... Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, wait. Go ahead. Micah said, when watching it, when watching it became more enjoyment than work, when I feel it, I trust you will too. What's the last word, sir? When I feel it, I trust you will too. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. And, you know... Uh, and with that, like, you know, uh, um, not to put gas in the tank, but you know, Micah's, these individuals that you work with are creative geniuses. Yeah. And you have to, I am not in that way a creative genius. Mm -hmm. I am not the the person who can transform, who can initiate the thought of a music video. My music video for Tone Che was completely different. I think I told you about it, about how it'd be like a ballet situation, it looked like a Kendrick Lamar video. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think this execution is better. Um, yeah, you got to trust the geniuses around you to handle the things that they can do. What I can do is help you with release. I can help you with assets that surround it. Mm -hmm. I can help you with communication. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm, I'm not finna get on the paper and draw. <laughs> <laughs> what? There were a couple of times where I wanted to communicate something to Lydia and was about to draw it out. I was like, I'm not finna do this. <laughs> I'm not finna embarrass us. <laughs> Does it? And Akila says, Grand Rising, BMO Lady of the House, and BMO Knights. <laughs> hey, Grand Rising, Akila. Good morning, Akila. <laughs> the Wake and Bake with BMO Knights. I wonder if they know that's their name. We haven't really stamped them this season, but we will. All right, Lady of the House, we have a, um, what time is it? We got time? It's 8.45. We got plenty of time. All right, Lady of the House, we have, what do I want to talk about next? We got Amber Rose and Afro Surrealism. All right, let's start with Amber Rose. Okay. Should we start with Amber Rose? Yeah. Okay. Season four. This is a good week. Season four of Wake and Bake with BMO has been a sneaky attack on whiteness. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think my strategy is if we can prove that whiteness doesn't exist, then maybe we can disprove race altogether. Okay. And which the following question is, BMO, if I'm not black, what the fuck am I? Am I not like Martin Luther King? Yeah, nigga, you just like Martin Luther King, but we'll talk about it another time. Um, We, on the first uh, uh, week of the show, we talked about an individual named name is Walter White. I have his book right here. Walter White, this man. Wait, can the people see? There we go. Walter White. To the people who didn't watch the show. Make a quick emoji uh, uh, vote. If you believe this is a white man, put up a yellow emoji. If you believe this is not a white man, put up your black emoji. All right? <laughs> Walter White started the NAACP. Um, That's a trick question. It is a trick question. It is a trick question. It's true, but I'm trying to say, I'm trying to get some engagement going on. You see what I'm saying? If you believe this to be a white man, put up your yellow emoji. If you think it's a black man, put up your black emoji. Are the people voting? Not yet. Come on, y'all. Damn. <laughs> uh. 
Walter White started the NAACP back in the early 1900s. And the thing that really interests me about Walter White is that we see a lot of his descendants in modern culture. Before I give them the answer, I want to see if they're going to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, we have seen Adam Scott, Scott Adams, Adam Scott. Damn. Damn. Whatever the white man is, created Dilbert. He claimed himself as the same white man who said, get away from black people because black people don't think white people should be okay or that white people should exist. Uh, we also have our girl, Rachel Dozal. And which I know as black folks, we want to throw both of these individuals into perpetuating blackness. But if we are also saying out of one side of our mouth that blackness is really just a social caste system and we have to get rid of the social caste system before we can seek liberation, then we are also seeing that maybe this category of blackness is a problem. Yeah, I said it out loud. <laughs> That's right, I said it. If blackness is also a result of the social caste, they created whiteness so they can create a black class, so they can siphon from the black class up toward the white class, then the deletion of the black class is how we reach liberation. At least that's what Afro-pessimism system says, that's what racelessness says, that's even to a point where Africana Studies says that if we are going to be above the, the governance system, then we have to get rid of the governance system, mm -hmm. right? These are not just my thoughts, okay? So if that is the case, if blackness is a social caste, the social caste that we must recognize must be deleted as part of the whole social caste situation, what does it mean to be vehemently defending your black status? Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you hear it from an individual like me or another intelligent motherfucker, if you consider me intelligent, another intelligent motherfucker, you're like, huh, uh, to be black means to be, and to defend your blackness means that you are all of these positive things, always things we can put on a good spectrum. But then sometimes you hear things about the defense of blackness and it reminds you, hmm, maybe this black thing ain't that great. Let's listen to Jocelyn Hernandez go one-on-one -on -one with Amber Rose to see what I'm talking about. Oh, and before we go there, I was listening to some intelligent folks over the weekend, right? Okay. And the thing that really pissed me off <laughs> Oh, it made me mad. The real thing that really pissed me off, they were talking about the Cornell West presidency, right? Mm -hmm. And at one point in the conversation, they were talking about how this conversation about the potential presidency of Cornell West is way better than the conversations that are happening on black Twitter, black Instagram, and all these other platforms. And as I discussed with y'all before, when we talked about relationship talk, like dismissing these conversations as inferior, mm -hmm. it's, really, it's really dumb. Right. It's really like, it's part of the same problem that we have with academics and professors. The fact that these people live in these siloed communities and don't want to engage with the pop culture world, engage with the relevant culture world, engage with the trending world because it's beneath them. Why? Right. This is a brilliant conversation. Now, these two individuals might not be brilliant themselves, but the conversation itself is pretty damn interesting. I'm still waiting on my votes from Walter White. Is he white or is he black? We got any votes? <laughs> Kodaro uh, from you for you said good morning from LA and then the white man who claimed to be black, black. so that's his he been studying though. and then <laughs> Natalie put the little you know the squinty eye face but it's yeah. yellow so. it's yellow yeah <laughs> look he was here what we smoking this morning I forgot what we smoking brunch no we got tropical punch and something cake what was it candy was... candy cane candy cane yeah shit delicious too man. yeah we gotta work on that sponsor with John so we can, we, we can go ahead and give a congelated review. Right. Anyway, what's my talk about? Oh, play the video, sweetheart. Play the video. I, ooh, that just, it just made me so mad to see these. And these are like six 
content creators I really respect. Conscious Lee is one of them. FD Signifier is one of them. Foreign is one of them. Uh, uh, these are individuals I really respect, but to hear them talk about how, then they were talking about Cornell West, like he was siloed. And I'm like, y'all niggas sound stupid right now. <laughs> what? So anyway, let's engage with this very ratchet ass topic and see if we can extrapolate some very brilliant points. Play the clip, sweetheart. Is this one right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you feel like I singled you out, I apologize. I didn't mean to I do mean, that. I appreciate that. I consider that. you a black person like myself. A lot of people do that to me. They're like, okay, she's Spanish. She's not black. Jocelyn, stop identifying me. Let me identify myself and then let you know what that is. When you say, like, the whiteies and then you turn around and look at me. It's a joke. The- it was just there. I just seen you. I just turn around and look at that. Stop being so sensitive because you and I are very cool. So for you to yeah, do that. Yeah, but it's not about being sensitive, well, you Jocelyn. Being sensitive. No, but if you're but not, you're, black, you're, not uh, you're not white, though. You're black. My father me, is white, though. Okay, but to me, to me, your mother's But your that's mother's not black. about you. It's okay, about me. It is about me when I feel like saying what the fuck I want to say. You can't check me on that. And if you go and check me, then check me. Okay. I checked you. I'm but checking you, you but, now. Yeah, but you're not, because uh, I don't give a fuck about how you're well, I don't give a fuck either way. Because I don't say the same thing about you. I don't consider you a white person. So that's the thing. I don't even consider what you consider. That's the whole you point. You mix like me. You mix like, you know what's your problem? Your problem is that you really want to be a white girl. Let's just get down to the point. Jocelyn. No, 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 no. No, professor. Let's get down to the point. Your problem is that you really don't even want to be black. She's conflicted with her blackness. See, when I was growing up, I chose to be black. I was born in Puerto Rico, a Spanish-speaking place, so I'm a black Hispanic. But Amber, she don't know how to behave in black places or in white places. She feel like she got to cater to each of them. But I damn sure know that she doesn't cater to nothing black. You want to go there? Let me finish. There she go. Quiet, baby. Quiet, baby. Quiet, baby. You know why I'm laughing? All right, so there's two points here. Jocelyn brought up two points. One is actually a verification of something we talked a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, we made the biggest racial discovery in centuries. We discovered what the white N-word was. Mm -hmm. And Jocelyn said it in here, Mm -hmm. and it caused this half-white woman to want to fight. And you know what the white word was? It was white. (laughs) She called this white woman white, or I'm sorry, she called this biracial woman white, Mm -hmm. and that got her ready to fight. (laughs) Which is crazy, because just a few seconds prior, she even said her dad was white. That's right, because she can say it, but other people can't say it. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I think we got something. We're going to we're gonna have to write that book or something, man. <laughs> we got something. The white N-word is definitely white mm-hmm. or white tea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she was triggered. The other thing, though, is like, there's a conversation about the existence and the belonging to black spaces. The existence and the belonging to black spaces and also the identification of biracial people Mm -hmm. how they are identified as not black not white but biracial some of them yeah and in this clip uh emma rose is definitely leaning towards the biracial conversation and in real time i don't know if i even have any preconceived thoughts but in real time i want to address this conversation in the in the in light of the thesis of the show which is to destroy whiteness in the sense to destroy all race together or the racial caste system that exists. And the thing about this clip that kind of like makes me feel a little weird, it's not Amber Rose. 
Okay. Is Jocelyn is Jocelyn's harsh defense of blackness. Yeah. Seems you know, if like, you know, I, I just say it. It feels like some people you're not supposed to agree with. <laughs> Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> Jocelyn Hernandez. I don't know if I'm supposed to agree that the identity that's forced upon you is the identity that you also have to accept within yourself. Hmm. Okay. And I, I, I believe, not that I'm taking sides, but I think that's what Amber Rose was trying to say, was that you don't get to identify me. I identify me and I tell you what my identity is. Hmm. But to be forced into blackness, I don't know, sweetheart. If somebody said, if somebody was like yelling at you, you're black. You yeah. can't be anything else because you're black. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you don't want to be black, you must want to be white. How does that make you feel? I feel like, well, I probably respond in a similar way to Amber Rose, but also like, if if it's me, like I am black, like, you know? What if it, what if it was an African? Yeah, I feel like it'd be... You're black. Yeah. I'm not black. You're black. Like the African person is telling me that I'm black? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I I mean, and to, to share a bit of your business, you went through, uh, uh, I don't even know if it's a microaggression. I would call it a, a regular aggression when you were in the <laughs> lift on the way to work. Yeah. Can you tell people what happened? If you want to share, if not, then we'll just talk around it. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to share. Tell the people what happened. This is a, well, not a regular lift ride. You know, you exchange pleasantries when you get in the car, yeah. whatever. Uh, I don't think he really said anything. Yeah. Um, he was on the phone the whole time, so I had my headphones on, you know, listening to music, whatever. And so then we're getting close to the office, and, you know, I turn my music off. And I don't even know what language he's speaking, but I, I clearly heard him say Akata, like, talking about, like, he's driving. I heard him say Lyft and Akata or whatever, so I'm like, okay, he's obviously talking about me. Mm -hmm. But, like... To me, I was more offended than maybe, I don't know, more than the N-word, but it kind of felt like that same type of energy, like you're an other, and we, it, it's like a, it's like a derogatory term, so I felt like, like, damn, I'm just in the, <laughs> like, you don't know anything about me, you haven't said two words to me, you know, how do you even know what I am? So, yeah. That's what I... In this moment, as Afro-Latina Jocelyn Hernandez, yeah. who, by her own words in this clip, did the Walter White. She was born a Latina woman, but claimed black existence because she's Afro-Latina, which Afro-Latina and black American, which I think would be different. Maybe. I don't even know, because all these things are made up anyway. Um, but she has, just like Amber Rose, also assume the identity in part or in full of blackness to hear another black person calling another black person black feels like that moment you had in the lift 
it feels like you're other. You're right. not us. Yeah, right, right, right. Or, or in the case of Jocelyn Hernandez and and Amber Rose, it's you wanna. I'm assuming that you wanna be white as yeah. well. Right. So now I'm going to attack you and put you back in your place mm-hmm. of blackness. Right. It's another conversation of caste. Yeah. Like you're black. Right. You're trying to be white. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know that uh, you can't fight though. I know you can't just be swinging. You just can't be swinging. <laughs> Y'all grown. Like we grown. Like right. we, we can have a conversation about our identities. I know it makes you want to fight. Mm-hmm. Franz Vanon said that decolonization is violence. But girl, we in the classroom. Right. Like this, you're supposed to be upset. Like this, you're supposed to be upset. Exactly. We can have a discourse. Come on now. <laughs> and the fact that you think you can just put your hands on me because you upset. Now that's a little whiter you now. <laughs> yeah, your father coming out. <laughs> Your daddy coming out now, just because you, just because you upset, you think you can, you entitled to putting your hands on me. It's kind of like, oh, that's the, uh, <laughs> you making it hard to defend now. <laughs> Come on now, it's <laughs> that colonizing. It's that colonizing, you know. You upset now, you want to beat somebody? Like, come on, come on, we can have a conversation. In the black community, we do not have to agree, and for in order for us to move forward. It's a myth. It's a fallacy. Yeah, right. I'm interested in what the people got to say. Did they vote on Walter White? They ain't vote on Walter White. Just the one person voted on yeah. Walter White. If you think this is a black man, give me a black emoji. If you think it's a white man, give me a white emoji. Although, or maybe they're all wake and bake with BMO nights and they've been watching the show for the last four weeks. They're like, oh, we know Walter yeah. White. You know, we already talked about him. Yeah. <laughs> you got any comments though? Uh... We got a few on, what is it, YouTube? Okay. Uh, Natalie said, OMG, with a surprise face. <laughs> uh, Akila says, like, they're just talking to themselves. And then she said, picture in picture, please, lady of the house. Oh, we're not ready today. <laughs> we're not ready today. We got it next time. Though. We'll be ready. But we got a few more people in the house on Instagram. Who we got in the house? We got the media prince. Prince, good morning. Mitch from the laboratory. Mitch, good morning, man. Carl Nard. Carl. Hey. Oh, Carl. <laughs> Carl um, lost his biological mother. Oh, damn. It was in the story. Oh, Carl. My condolences. Yeah, man. Sorry Come to here. hear that. Come on. Sending you love. Come on. Come here. <laughs> Give him a hug. Come on. <laughs> Come on, it's Carl. It's going to be okay. Who else we got? That's it? Uh, Trapdo. Oh, that's that's John. John. Hey, what's Good up? morning, man. <laughs> we didn't know you was up this early. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, Mil- Brendan Radmills. Okay. Uh, and then Carl said, "Bless you." Saw that sneeze. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, sh sh Shannon. Mitch from the laboratory said, "This show is fucking genius. I love this shit, Bimo." Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate you, Mitch. And then Carl put a, a blue heart. And then John said, "Yo," and then put the laughing face. John, that's our guy, man. Right. Smoking on you this morning, baby. <laughs> um. Those are all the comments. Yeah, we got one more. Su- we got one more subject. What time is? It? We got time. We got time. Yeah, we got, we got time. time. We got time. We got time. We got time. We got time. We started a little late this morning. We got time. Uh, I want to present. So 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 so. Uh, last week on the new Blueprint newsletter, we produced uh, another newsletter. Definitely go check that out. Be more brown at If you want to check that out, put the five dollars on it. If you need to, 
the scholarship definitely let me know. It ain't no thing. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Ain't no, it's $5. I'd, I'd appreciate the $5, but if you need, because look, man, look, man, I done been broke, baby. <laughs> we were just talking about Baby, <laughs> I done been broke. I done been, woof. I might start crying. I've been so broke. Down tremendous. I done been down bad to the point where I, no way in hell I could afford $5 a month. Right. Or even know if I'm making five dollars the next month. Yeah. So if you need that, because come on, the new, new the new blueprints is motivated. It's supposed to take you there. If you need a five dollar scholarship, let me know, nigga. It ain't no problem. It's five dollars. Nigga, if you need five dollars, <laughs> <laughs> let me let know. Me know. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, anyway, we wrote on the new blueprint newsletter. Uh, the future is dead. The death of Afrofuturism, mm-hmm. and and in the newsletter, I I shifted away from a point that I had on the show, and I shifted more into a point of how the Afrofuturist already happened. Yeah. Right. If there is a if there is a chart of progress of how Black folks have existed in American culture, right from the great before, which is before 1619, yeah. to enslaved, to now, uh, which we revealed that T.D. Jakes is making sustainable, independent communities in partnership with a major brand. So that's the current new blueprint for liberation, mm-hmm. which is actually a repeated lo- new blueprint from an old blueprint when they flooded the towns, mm-hmm. right? But now we have a little more institutional support, maybe. We don't know. It's a new blueprint. Yeah. Building might fall. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We thought Deion Sanders was a new blueprint. <laughs> Shit fell apart. We don't know. We don't know. But T.D. Jakes has presented a new blueprint. If that is the new blueprint of independent communities, where does black people in Americana icons fall? Mm-hmm. I believe that's in the past. Yeah. I believe that falls somewhere when Frederick Douglass created the North Star, which was an independent newspaper that proclaimed the black identity as abolitionists. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the beginning of the Afro future. And that was in 1843. Right. So how the fuck are we still in the Afro future? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think that shit is in the past. That's all right. I'm saying. Right. Cause like, if, when's it coming in? Like, when's it coming? Right. When's it coming? If, if we're not in it. Come on now. Right. Come on now. Right. If, uh, 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 what's her name? If, if Phyllis Wheatley is considered the first Afro futurist poet, and she was writing poetry in 1900, right. the year. Come on, man. It's 2023. Octavia Butler, like. Come on, man. Come right, on, man. Right. Come on, man. <laughs> if Wakanda is on Tyler Perra Studios, right. what are we talking about Afro Future? It's already happened. Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is we have progressed past Afro Future. So, like, I said that the future is dead to be bombastic and get people's attention. But in, in, in actuality, we are more like post-futurism. Yeah. And post-futurism, I'm calling, well, I didn't call it that, but post-futurism I'm stumbling upon <laughs> mm-hmm. is Afro-surrealism. Yeah. So we saw it in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We saw it, uh, uh, what's the other? In, Random um, Acts of Flyness. Random Acts of Flyness, thanks, sweetheart. And now there's a new show mm-hmm. uh, that's also produced by another Afro-surrealist. His name is Boots Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Sorry to Bother You, which is the Lakeith Stanfield joint. Yeah. Um, I would even call Get Out Afro Surrealist to a certain point as well. Uh, so Jordan Peele's world as well. Uh, uh, the Sorry to Bother You guy, Lakeith Stanfield, who might be in, uh, the embodiment of Afro Surreal. That nigga's weird as fuck. I kind of want to even throw... Well, huh? I was thinking about Lovecraft Country, but I don't really know. That might be more... That might be more futurist, though. Right, but there's also a little bit of science fiction. Well... Yeah. So does that mean it's surreal? 
We got to come back with the actual definition. She changed races, so I think it could be a little surreal. It could be a little surreal. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Of course we're not. But now we have the next iteration, which I think proves that we are moving towards a more Afro surreal. I want to play this trailer. We'll be right back with more. Who wake and make we be mo? I think I'm going to be in the corner responding with you though. Maybe I'll got to look down. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have seven Bing Bang burgers, please? Be plenty more where that came from. Why are you so damn big, bro? Heart, head, hands, feet. As long as I push, there's no defeat. Get your mind right, halfwits. As long as I push, there's no defeat. Get your mind right, halfwits. The world is not ready yet. I just feel like I can't breathe in here. We beat to rap what key beat to lock, but we beat to rap what You never been out there? Just hit the sideshow with us. Well, I'm a Virgo, and Virgos love adventure. We showing up with a giant. <laughs> Welcome to Bing Bang Burger. What can I bop you with today? <laughs> I want to take my time and get to know her. You just need to look her in the eyes and say, I want you. I want you. With, my, with your eyes, don't say that out loud. People are going to try to use you and put you on display. You're the Messiah. You said you'd come from a desolate place. I'm not from a desolate place. I'm from Oakland. Yes, a, a, a desolate place. And when they can't use you no more, they're going to try to get rid of you. Measure threat level of the Twomp Monster. I need the people to believe in me. When I take my helmet off, I need for my shoot to pop. So when y'all kicking it tonight? Tonight? The people love me. You are a 13 foot tall black man. They fear you. Spotlight. You're illegally trespassing. How about this, mother? I don't sound like nothing. I ain't got no giant. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this joint looks great, man. <laughs> There's a there's a line in there's a line in the trailer where the mom says, Is that Neil Long? Might have been Neil Long. I don't know. I can't I can get a good look at her face. Yeah. But there's a line in the trailer where the mom says, You're a 13 foot black man. They're going to fear you. The reason why I love Afro Surrealism, and on Thursday we might have to take a deeper dive because we're running out of time today. The reason why I love Afro Surrealism is because it's coded language. The thing about Afrofuturism before it became commercially commodified was that we were all talking in this language in which we were imagining a future that was post whatever oppression and marginalization that we were currently feel, feel, feeling, but also recognizing that that imagination was fantasy. But now that it's been commodified and commercialized and we have things like Cracker Jill, so we have people who are bastardizing Afrofuturism. 
But now in Afro surrealism, we have a what's up? We got camera problems. Yeah, keep going. Uh, in Afro surrealism, we have uh, coded language that expresses our experience, but is not so easily accessible. So when the mom says you're a 13 year old, you're a 13 foot black man, they're going to feel they're going to fear you. If you replace 13 foot with you're a talented, mm -hmm. you're educated, you're smart, you're different, you're handsome, you have locks. That is the experience that black boys have when they're growing up. Right. What's the problem? Now it's frozen, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely got to quit the camera live. Yeah, because this, this, you been stuck on, oops. What a wonderful face to be stuck on. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. How does it do that? I don't know. Don't exit, though. No. Did I? Oh, maybe it's cool. I don't know. I don't know why it does that. Yeah, maybe it's tied but look, look at the drop frames it says 310 like when we started the show it was only like 20 or 40 or something now it's 310 but it's only 3.3% so I don't know <laughs> <sighs> you know live streaming is the hardest thing I've ever done yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to be consistent in quality at the same time that's alright though that's alright though we'll come on Thursday we'll bring back conversation of Afro surrealism. They don't want us to get this conversation. They don't, they don't want to get Afro surrealism. surrealism. They really crazy. don't. Every time we talk about Afro surrealism, that shit must get the motherfucking Harlem shaking on us and shit. Ah, damn. We got any comments with our. No. <laughs> and then, of course, you know what it's time before we get out of here. It's time for the burning questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> burning question. Roach. Burning question. Okay, um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about racelessness. Okay, talk to me. Okay, so let's say we eradicate uh, race and we just are, or just people, you know? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for our culture? Like, is it still black culture? Like, what do we, do we, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so racelessness and Afro-pessimism, two lenses of thinking. Yeah. But both where they agree is that what we call black culture. Okay. What we, yeah, they both agree that what we call black culture is actually the sub-caste. That's mm -hmm. the lower class. That is the siphoned from the gentrified yeah. Uh uh Oh God, what's it called? There's a smart word for it, but I can't think of it. Fuck, I can't think of it. I know what it is, but I don't want to sound stupid by trying to pronounce it and it is wrong. Um, but we are the underclass, right? And Afro pessimism assumes the pessimism comes from that assumes that we can't do anything about it. That the world exists because there is a lower class to take from. Yeah. If you were to translate that in capitalism, we would all agree that the lower class, the poverty class, and the middle class are the class who are actually upholding and and, and positioning the upper class to be what they are. There would be no top 1% in 
if there were no 99%. We all agree with that. Yeah. If we take that same math and then we apply it to race, there would be no white if there was no black. There would be no clean. There would be no pure. There would be no right. There would be no good if there was something that that system couldn't take from to make sure that they were still good. Best example is slavery. Okay. You can't get the United States without slavery. You go back in the time, you take out slavery from the history of the United States. This is not the United States. This is the combination of France, Spain, uh, probably Cuba at this point. Like we would not be the independent United States because we would not have had a class to generate the capital to sustain the building of a company, of a country, not even a company. Mm -hmm. uh, so in racelessness, there is no Afro-pessimism. There is no black culture. Mm -hmm. Like Friday doesn't exist in black culture. Friday exists in hip hop culture. Why? What's the difference? The difference is if there is no caste system to take things from, then what we call black, that lower class, doesn't exist. So like all the things that contribute to your oppression and your marginalization and systemic racism, they don't exist because there is no system. Mm -hmm. So it is even hard to imagine like, okay, so then where do we put Ebonics right. when there is no racelessness? It is still the vernacular of African-Americans. Okay. But it is not in the class of black culture because it is not a subordinate culture. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's not a subordinate class. So we don't look down on AAVE. It's just another language. Yeah. We don't look down on Friday as being part of black culture because it's that subordinate culture. It's just a different expression of hip-hop or yeah. different expression of the african-american experience doesn't mean that we cease to exist doesn't mean that blackness as we would say cease to exist but this this distinction that black culture is a different class is an other class is a subordinate class it's a class that has to prove its humanity no longer exists mm -hmm. answer your question what are what what happens to black history month if there's no racelessness we still teach the history of African-Americans in America. Yeah. That should not affect just because there's no, if there's no racial caste, if there's no, no thing to look down upon, then we can still celebrate the experience of another person. Doesn't mean the 1619 project is irrelevant. Doesn't mean that critical race theory is irrelevant. It just means it's put in its proper place of equitable. Yeah. The same way, like, German Americans are distinguished from like Irish Americans. Right. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You just, you came from Germany. Right. We're not going to erase the fact that you came from Germany because yeah. you're in America. No, that's some American culture. shit. You're, you still have yeah. a culture, but like it is not a subordinate culture. Right. I think we practice racelessness all the time. Yeah. Because we are in a, in a particular way, we are kind of siphoned from whiteness. In a, in a very particular way, because we still got to pay rent to this white-ass company. Mm -hmm. We still watch these white-ass shows. Yeah. We still live in this white-ass country. We still pay these white-ass taxes. Like, <laughs> it is, I'm saying, to a, particular, to, a, to a particular degree, we are siphoned away from some sources of whiteness. So we automatically put blackness at a level that's equitable. So that's like when we were talking to your coworker at the, at the, at the memorial service, mm -hmm. and she asked me, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I study blackness. Mm -hmm. I say it 
just as clear as I was be like, oh, I study sociology or whatever the fuck it is. Because to me, it's on the same level as everything else. Mm-hmm. And now we got long ass emails about how she only connect blackness through fucking 1619 and, Project and drama. Slavery, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's my question. All right, cool. We got any comments? Or we can get about it here. Yeah, it's still it's still tripping on Instagram, so it's still tripping. They probably booted you or something. I don't know. They booted me from the ground. I mean, it says you're still alive, but you still stuck on the same face. So. You went out and came back in several times. Damn. I'm the only person here now. Yeah, they got me up out of there. Yeah, that's all right though. That's all right though. The good people will find me. Um, but we gonna get up out of here. We want to play Michael Robinson's video one more time before we go. Uh, to the people who are listening, we appreciate you checking us out. Make sure you uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and you know get us and share us to all the places that we supposed to be. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. To the people who are watching, you can always watch the instant replay on YouTube, which is right now. And then the edited version will be out a little, little later on this week. But before we go, we want to play the music video by Michael Robinson's Tone Shade one last time. Leave a comment, hit the like button, subscribe, tell your friends, be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Love yourself. <laughs> Listen to the lady house. Good morning. Thank mm-hmm. you.